0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com.
2: I want to start this episode by looking at the next three games coming up for the Steelers. I know we've got a Tampa game that we've got to dive into in depth. And in the next episode, we'll probably start to take a peek on the Tampa Bay sideline of things. But Tampa Bay, Miami, Philadelphia, you don't want to be one in seven heading into a bye week. Nope. I think the Steelers can steal one of these next three games. Is it this one coming up? Probably not. Is it the one at the end? Probably not. Miami, though. Like Will Smith, we're going to Miami. Uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I think they can beat the Dolphins on the road, despite it being on the road. Maybe this is wishful thinking for me, but I just keep reflecting on what happened in the Bills game and... Trust me, I'm not about to make any excuses here. The Steelers did not play their best football game. In fact, they played worse than I can remember in recent memory Them playing on a Sunday, Monday, or what have you. But the Bills are freaking good, dude. Like, as much as it was the Steelers just very much sleepwalking, for lack of a better term, through some of that game, the Bills are just that good as well. So, like... I get we're sitting here on a Wednesday. Sting's 38 to 3 still. Oh, how are they how are they going to win a, a game for the rest of the season if you look that bad? It's a little bit of a two-way street there. Yes, they didn't help themselves at all, but if you're not going to help yourself, you better make sure that it's not a game against the Buffalo freaking Bills because dude, they're a 3-point favorite on the road in Kansas City this week. They're a juggernaut of a team. So I'm kind of feeling, you know, I don't want to say better about it, but I'm just sitting here going, not only did the Steelers play poorly on Sunday, they just ran into a buzzsaw, man. So I don't think that it's fair to just officially throw your hands up and be like, ah, these next three games are over. Because the Bills are better than all the rest of the three teams that are going to play in this stretch.
1: And we said the same thing last year, Tom, when the Steelers went up against the Chiefs in Kansas City last year, saying... Okay, well, you kind of knew you were going to lose that game, and you don't really feel too bad about losing it because the last two games of the season are against Cleveland and Baltimore, and you feel like you can beat both of those teams, Cleveland at home, Baltimore without Lamar Jackson. And look what happened. You won those last two games to get to the division or to, sorry, to get to the playoffs, and that was your goal for the for the whole season. Make sure you get to the playoffs one more time for Ben. So, I kind of agree with you that you shouldn't feel too bad after this kind of a loss because you're going up against the best team in the NFL who could even somehow get better. Did you hear the rumors that the Bills are going to target Christian McCaffrey <laughs> once free agency opens for the season? Because, obviously— They need a running back. They need a running back, and Carolina is just quitting, right? There's nothing There's nothing to play for. Is that for. rumors
2: for the trade deadline this year, you mean? Or, or no, I, no, they're going to wait until the end of the season? No, 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 no,
1: no. For this season. Trade deadline. In season. Mm. So, Buffalo was great, and they're probably only gonna, going to get better if they make that move. But yeah, you shouldn't feel so bad about this loss. However, it's hard, I think it's hard to come back from that kind of loss. Just to pick yourselves up from the bootstraps and just say, hey, we knew we were going to lose that game. Maybe we didn't know we were going to lose that badly. And yet, we're able to assess and say, okay, that's the best team in the league. But these next three, they're good. But they're not Buffalo. So maybe you could be a little more competitive against those teams, especially as you mentioned, Miami, if they're playing without Tua Tucka vailoa
2: Or without Teddy Bridgewater. I mean if it's Skylar yeah, Thompson, Thompson out there. I mean then... if the
1: Jets if the Jets could put up forty one points, uh, or forty points, I like Kenny's chances of putting up forty points on the
2: on the Ooh, Miami defense. spicy. I like that. But Looking at Tampa Bay, looking at Miami, looking at Philadelphia, and then comparing those teams to the Buffalo Bills, there's just a difference in tier, I think. And are there things that the Steelers need to correct? Of course there are. Uh, let's catch the ball on kickoffs and punts. Yes, I think that's a, that would a very obvious one. Um, let's not have safeties cheat in too far on third down on the opposing team's own shadow of the goal line. Mm-hmm. So you get burned for a 98-yard t- like, there are, there are just some very basic fundamental things, some basic, uh, you know, technique things that just needs to be shored up, and it's not as dire as I think some people are making it out to be. I think that in no stretch of my imagination are they going to, you know, flip a switch here and just go on a Steelers-esque run and get back to the 500-level flirt with a playoff spot, but... I think there's talent there that is going to get better and they're going to improve. And this game against Tampa Bay is going to really tell you a lot about the build of the character of this team. I mean, we we know the coach has character and we know the coach is going to say pretty much all the right things after a devastating loss, the worst of his Steeler career, heading into a huge home game against the GOAT. He's going to have the message be solid, and you even heard it at the end of the, the game against Buffalo And post game, mm-hmm. he's saying things like, you got to eat this. You got to learn from it. Don't run from it. There's going to be better times, but I don't want to say that there's going to be better times as a way to, you know, make people feel better about themselves. It's just a fact of the matter. So they're going to get better. They need to show out against Tampa Bay. Even in a loss, they just need to play hard, competitive football. You could even lose by 10 points when it's all said and done. But you need to look like you belong on the field with them, as opposed to last week when you looked like you were playing a different sport than the Buffalo Bills. Their reaction to that blowout loss mm-hmm. is going to just shine a huge spotlight on the character and the buildup of the players on that roster.
1: What is more important to you, Tom? The rebound by the offense, who only scored three points, or the rebound the rebound by the defense? Who allowed 38 points and a 98 yard touchdown? I actually play think it's a, more than, a one yeah. play touchdown drive, a two play touchdown drive, defense. a three play. It's I got of the agree. Defense. Yeah, I absolutely.
2: Mean, of course I want the offense to do better, and I, sure. I, I need to see them start scoring more and more. You know what's kind of weird? I want to see a couple that, touchdowns in a game for, for yeah, a change. He's only know, done like, that once this year.
1: We, we mentioned how Kenny Pickett had, what, 30 of 52 passes thrown. Obviously you don't want your rookie quarterback throwing 50 passes in a game on his first career start. But he's not doing horribly terrible. I We know that he had three picks in his first, first game, first action, not so much his start. But he hasn't looked horrible, and you like what you get out of George Pickens. And Jalen Warren, obviously, is an up-and-coming guy who could be featured more on the offense if he continues to improve and have success. The return of Pat Fyremuth, hopefully from the concussion, hopefully that his time out of the game won't be too long. So you get him back as another will-be for uh, Kenny Pickett. I think the offense is fine. It's just kind of weird how they haven't put up the points. And maybe you could say that the coaching decision to go for the field goals when they were down starting from 24-6 for the rest of the game they tried to kick two field goals one at 24 to 6 and i believe another one at or 24 to 3 and to go to come back at 24 to 6 and then another one at like 31 to 3 right so mm-hmm. what was the point of kicking those two field goals when you're down by so many already early on so maybe i don't i don't put the the blame on the offense as a whole just because the coaching decision to go for the field goals in the wind when you're down by so much, the offense could have put up more points. But it is kind of weird how they, how they haven't, right? And those first two drives that Kenny had uh, in the uh, New York Jets game, yes, the one came as a result of the Mickey Fitzpatrick touchdown, but he got the ball in the end zone. And then the very next drive, he comes back a long, what, 70, 65-yard touchdown drive? Mm -hmm. And then I'll even point to the opening drive that they had in Buffalo. Not the one, obviously, that they would have had, had James Pierre not fumbled the kickoff. But the very next time, the actual time they have the ball in that game, they drive down the field, what, 70 yards, 65 yards again? Sure, they don't get into the end zone, but they get points on the board. It's just kind of weird how they don't look... Really bad. It's just kind of I just how I think they look
2: their best against Buffalo for a game that they scored their least amount of
1: Yes. Points. Yes. It's a weird it's a weird dynamic that's going on. Their offense seems to be improving, but they're putting up less points. Kenny
2: threw for more yards than Mitch has all year long. Mm-hmm. Set the record for a, a Steeler quarterback making his first start, uh passing yards with three hundred and twenty seven or something around there. But I mean, I love the guy like a son, like a baby boy. <laughs> I have his jersey. I look at it every night before I go to bed and light a couple candles around it. (laughs) Your shrine? He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in six quarters now. That isn't good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke and be like, well, he's young. He's
1: learning. It's tough opponents he was going up against. You gotta throw one touchdown in the first
2: six quarters if you're a first-round pick.
1: There are people, like, I think the one that comes to mind, or comes to my mind most recently was Matt Ryan. Guys like Matt... Threw a touchdown on their first career pass (laughs) attempt. So I'm not saying you have to do that, do that, but considering the opposite what Kenny did on her, on his first career pass attempt, it was the interception to Chase Claypool. But he better get the first
2: touchdown in this game because if he goes another game without a touchdown pass, then that narrative starts to build, and it's why can't he? What's wrong with this kid? He can't. He's good at uh moving the chains, he's mobile. He has really good passes, you know, he throws guys open. He trusts his playmakers more than the other guy was. What's the disconnect once he gets close to the goal line though? Why when the field shrinks is he having trouble finishing drives? That's going to start to be what people nationally Absolutely. and locally start to point to as a flaw that is appearing in his game if he doesn't get it off his back now. He needs to get this um he needs to be able he to, needs to get this
1: elephant off his back yeah, yeah. he needs to monkey be off his back
2: able to score a touchdown through the air I think he will this week just because it's gonna happen eventually right you'd assume <laughs> you'd assume that but man if he goes through another full game and it's now 10 quarters of action no touchdowns for Kenny Pickett through the air like I said you're gonna start to be worrying a little bit but To your point about the offense looking better, the drives were being sustained. Mm -hmm. There were third downs being picked up. There weren't
1: nearly as many three-and-outs as we've seen through
2: the first four weeks. I was trying to, and I need to look this up, but like, I can't even, I remember maybe one or two three-and-outs from the Steelers. Yeah, not many. But there were not many three-and-outs in this game, and that's the one thing that has been plaguing them more than a lot in the early going this year is that they just go out there, three plays, and they're right back off the field again. So drives were sustained, playmakers were... Making play well, one playmaker and George Pickens was making plays. The other ones were lackluster in that department, but things were looking better. It's just they scored the least amount of points all year, mm-hmm. so it's this weird dynamic where like
1: we're sitting here saying the offense looked better than it has, and it could have been. But everybody out there's going, they scored three points. It could have been too that they were playing against. Probably the best defense they faced all year as well.
2: Yeah, that's fair, and maybe the best defense they'll face all year. Although this is no picnic coming into Acres for this weekend either.
1: No, this is you're talking about two of the best in the league. Maybe one A, one B. I think the
2: Bucks are like sixth in points per game allowed, and the Bills were second. I think so it's.
1: Like, I think it's. You know, the crazy thing about the Bucks of... too
2: is they give up sixteen point six points per game. They gave up forty one against the Chiefs two weeks ago, so like right. that number is skewed by that, and it's still so it it still
1: it could be a lot it lower, could be way lower, way lower. There. I think you're looking at the top four defenses in whatever order, being Kansas City, Buffalo or sorry, not Kansas City, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Dallas. Yes, and you get two of those defenses back to back, and in that death stretch, and as you mentioned, I'm not gonna say that. Oh well, the Tampa Bay defense, it's beatable. You know, you can put up points on that defense.
2: Maybe if you have Mahomes. Exactly.
1: That's, what I'm, that's where I was going. Maybe you have Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, not so much Kenny Pickett, George Pickens. Not that I'm yes. trying. not so much Kenny Pickett, yeah, George Pickens. Yeah, yet. right now. And also, too, the yeah, he- Bucks' offense seemingly on a better note or on a better trend right now than the Steelers' offense because they were able to keep up with the Ch- Kansas City Chiefs, right? Despite yes. their defense having its worst day of the season, they were still in that game. Yeah, the I offense
2: was able to keep up. I
1: yeah. don't know if Tom Brady goes berserk on the Steelers' defense if the Steelers' offense could equally keep up.
0: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or
2: wherever you listen to podcasts. The point uh, totals that the Bucks have allowed in their games this year: three points in Week One, ten points in Week Two, fourteen points in a loss to the Packers in Week Three. Then there was the forty-one point explosion by the Chiefs, and then last week they've only given up—they only gave up fifteen points. So if you take that Chiefs game out of there, they're probably averaging like somewhere around twelve, it's eleven ridiculous. points per game yeah. allowed. Yeah, they are an elite defense, no question about it, and it it worries you when it comes to, uh, and this is nothing that surprises people, you know, everybody had the thought that when Kenny was named the starter after the Jets game that the timing was not ideal with the games that were up on the schedule, but more so th- than the, you know, Bills being Super Bowl favorites and the Buccaneers always being the Buccaneers as long as Tom Brady's there, the thing that worries me is, like you were just saying, how great those defenses are back-to-back, you know, and maybe that's a good thing, you know, have him swim in the deep end a little bit so when you do face some lighter defenses like Carolina or Atlanta mm-hmm. down the stretch, things can start, you can process things a little bit quicker and you're swinging the baseball bat without the donut on it now because you've gone up against such a better level of competition already. But that being said, I mean, this is a tough tough thing to have a rookie quarterback do is to not only go in and play against the likes of, you know, I'm looking across the island, I'm seeing 17 Josh Allen, or I mean, I'm seeing number 12, the mm-hmm. GOAT. We heard Friermuth on Chalk Talk last night say, yeah he was my favorite player growing up. That's like the whole league now. They all grew up watching this guy right. play. There, there's
1: been essentially two generations right. of football players like, who have seen Tom Brady like play. Like Friermuth was a baby when when Brady was beating the Steelers. We've gotten like, to the point now that guys were born after he was drafted by the Patriots. So it's surreal for them
2: to play mm-hmm. in these games. Like, Kenny's going to look across at 12, and it's going to be surreal. Frymouth was saying how excited he is that he can actually meet the guy for the first time right. in his life. It's going to be a surreal experience just looking at the quarterbacks that you have to play. Then you add on top of that the all-world-level defenses that you really have to go up against because, let's be honest, they love to pitch quarterback matchups, but the quarterbacks don't play each other. They play the opposing team's defense. It's just a lot. It's a lot to put on his shoulders, and it can go one of two ways. It can break the kid's confidence, and it can break his potential in this league, or it can severely diminish his potential in the league, or it can forge him in fire. And he can come on the other side of this, head into the bye week, and be like, I know how hard the NFL is because I faced juggernaut after juggernaut week in and week out. Faced two great defenses. I faced the best team in football right now in Philadelphia. And I am still standing on the other side and feeling as confident as ever. So I think the latter is going to be the one that takes because I think Kenny is that kind of guy. I don't think his confidence is really going to be burnished at all. He just lost 38-3. to And he still seems like as sure of his own abilities as he was before that. And he got a little feisty as well at the end of the game, too. I like to see that. So when it comes to this, I know that these are really tough growing pains that the team might have made tougher by throwing him into this situation. But I think he's got the build to get through it, and it's only going to make him better playing such a high level of competition both defensively and the opposing quarterback.
1: Would you have rather, Tom... Can he be thrown into this fire, going up against defenses like, and I left Philly off of that top of that top list Playing really defense. good defense, in yeah. Philly. But Buffalo, Tampa, Miami, who had a great, who we all thought had a really good defense until they got forty points dropped on them by the Jets last week. That's a team in disarray without sure, the starting yeah. quarterback and the backup and quarterback, the backup yeah. quarterback. And then Philly, right? Would you rather Kenny be thrown into the fire like that, as you said, forged by fire, or? face his post bye week schedule first and then have the death stretch come later on so he gets a little warmed up against New Orleans against Atlanta against Philadelphia. or I'm sorry against Carolina Yeah but the thing with that
2: too is I actually do think it would have been better to do it after the bye week because to, do,
1: to do what to put Kenny in to, Oh no to I'm way saying through the death stretch I'm not I'm not even saying that but have that have those games have rather Carolina Atlanta and New Orleans come before the bye week and then have the death stretch come after, rather than... Oh, I mean, I'm not redoing the schedule here. I, mean, I get it, Can't but- do that. Okay, okay. But what
2: I will say is you get a little lesser of competition after the bye week, but the Saints defense and the Bengals defense, which are your first two games, are not terrible defenses. You get them at home, which I think is a huge thing mm-hmm. as well, and you get a couple weeks to prepare for the New Orleans Saints I always thought that that was the appropriate timeline. Mitch, I don't think, allowed it to get to that point. Right. Um, He definitely has some blame uh, on his shoulders here. You're saying Mitch? Yes. Did he get a little bit of a raw deal? I I do actually believe that, that he kind of got a little bit of a raw deal here. But he himself allowed that raw deal to be placed on his plate. Mm. I mean, it's not like he was going out there winning games, throwing for 350 yards, and then they were just like, you're benched. That would be very suspicious, but he didn't do himself any favors. He gets put on the bench, and now it's Kenny's team uh, to roll on from now. I think you had to make the move. Um, I think maybe Mitch wins that game against the Jets if you play him in the second half, but I understand Tomlin's frustration, the team's frustration, and deciding they need to change at at the position. But I really just hoped that if they were going to tread water and Mitch wasn't going to really... Shock and awe people into having that job that he would at least be able to keep his head above water until the bye week, and then you can reevaluate with the two week span. But hey, that's all gone now. Mm -hmm. Wash my hands of that. He is going to be forged by fire by these next three games and that Bills game that he got absolutely shellacked in. Again, it's not necessarily about going out there and beating Tampa Bay. It's about going out there and being competitive against Tampa Bay. You lose the game 27-23, to 23, you lose the game 27-20, to 20, I think we can all walk away from that and say, no one likes losing, but you know what? This season doesn't look promising very much anymore, and at least we saw some progress. We got to experience a fun three hours of football rooting for our team against Tom Brady. They were in the game the entire time and it wasn't over after the first two drives like the Buffalo game. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit here and say, gotta win, beat the Buccaneers, or else you're completely uh, a lost cause. Just show some
1: improvement. Show some competitive fight. Yeah, we say, not just for the Steelers, but league-wide, we we consider some losses to be good losses, right? Do you give a team credit for going into an opposing team's home stadium or rather even getting them at home – and they're a far superior team, and say, what does that team have to do in order to impress you? Not necessarily win, but they can not maybe let the opposing offense, who's elite, score 40 points on them. Or if it's the defense that's elite that they're facing, maybe if the offense scores something like three touchdowns and the game is really close, you you consider that a good a good loss just because the other team is is the better opponent, but. You still thought you, you you saw elements out of their game that impressed you, and I agree. I think that this is one of those cases where the Steelers don't necessarily need don't necessarily need to win this game, but there are parts of it where you can look at, at the team and say, okay, well that's getting better. And yes, they lost, but at least they're improving in certain areas. I think the biggest case is here are can the offense score points and can the defense not allow another 400-yard passing game by a quarterback? Can the run defense really step up against Leonard Fournette? Stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Although, and we'll get to this a little bit in our next episode in just a a few minutes here because we want to switch some gears and and look at Tampa. They ain't running the ball at all. Jacob, we found a team that's worse at running the football than the the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Tampa Bay. They average sixty-six yards per game on the ground. Steelers average eighty-eight. I mean, the Steelers are basically like Jim Brown and the Cleveland Browns compared to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The problem this year. is
1: though, Tom. I'll look. I'll 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 give you that point and counter it with they're third in the league in passing. Well, no. Well, that's also valid. That's 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 a. That's a nightmare scenario going up against that, especially if, once again, Mike Fitzpatrick won't be 100%. You're gonna Spoon's
2: not in. Right.
1: Edmonds could be out Wallace again. Wallace got banged Wallace up, yeah. will be out for sure. My argument to that is Detroit was pretty bad at running the ball last year, and I believe they ran for 200 <laughs> yards on the Steelers last year as yeah, well. Yeah, if there's ever a get-right team to run the ball
2: against, it's been the Pittsburgh Steelers in the mm-hmm. past couple of years and Brady. We were talking about this on the Advanced Scout last night. That guy knows where the openings are oh, going to be course. before the snap even happens. Uh, he's so unique in that robotic nature to break down mm-hmm. the game that like, people like Rodgers and Ben and Manning like had that. I don't think they ever got it as dialed in to the point that Brady has it in now. It, when you watch that last dance documentary, remember? The, the Michael la- Jordan one? Yeah, in yeah. the last three-peat when they won the sixth title, Jordan said he thought he was playing his smartest basketball of his career, and of course he leaves. He leaves. He goes to Washington and stuff like that. But he said to himself, "I didn't think I was as good as I was in my prime, but I was better than everybody because I thought the game better than everybody." I was and able, able to. What, that's, that's what Brady does, is now. Yeah. He's just riding a bike at this point, and you can't After tell riding me, that bike for twenty-three years. They pass the ball like sixty-six percent of the time. It's the second most in the league behind the Rams. By the way, those are the two bottom feeders in running the football in yards per game, the Bucs, and then the Rams are in last place. And even the last couple of weeks, the Bucs have amped that up to like 77% of their snaps are through the air. I think that's just Tom Brady saying, you know what, I'm just going to take it from here. I'll take the offense. Hey, Coach Bowles, I got it, brother. You focus on that defense. Defense is looking great. You're a defensive guy. Try to fix the run defense if you can. But other than that, everything's been the bee's knees when it comes to that side of the football. Mm-hmm. I'll take care of the offense, and with him taking care of the offense, I bet he looks at the Steelers game and he says, "Hey Lenny, we're gonna run you a little bit early in this game. I don't think I need to pass the ball as much against this defensive front. That would be my at least my first plan of attack from him." So, your hands are fool in this game if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers because it's yes. the brain that you're going up against uh, offensively. But
1: it's and it's not it's strange. It's no stranger to the team either. Like Just because he's in a different uniform doesn't mean he doesn't remember how to beat this team. And the amount of times he's beaten, sure, it was against Ben Roethlisberger, but Mike Tomlin was there for a lot of those wins under Tom Brady as well. So Tom Brady is no stranger to Mike Tomlin. Not at all. Not at all. So going to be interesting to see how things
2: shake out against Tampa Bay on Sunday. Like I said, you just got to be more competitive than you Mm -hmm. were. You have to show... Some fight and show some improvement on this team because that's I think what's bothering people, or at least in my mind, what's bothering me the most is that you can be bad. Like,
1: uh, okay, listen, yeah,
2: listen. We're the Steelers. I know the standard. It's the standard. I named, we named our freaking show after <laughs> that, that title. But sometimes reality is your team just isn't as good as the rest of the teams in the NFL. You know, there's 25 other teams that are just better than you. That's fine. That happens far less often here than it does in all the other franchises in the NFL. I'm okay with a team taking a step back. It's the apathy. It's the fact that Mallette was calling people out for maybe having a little too much fun on the sidelines down 38-3. to It's the, I don't want to say that they aren't fighting in that locker room and that they're not showing a competitive spirit, but it's not translating into their game on the field, and that's what bothers me. More I than agree. I think anything. Yeah. Like, you can be bad, but try hard while you're bad. Look like the Lions while
1: you're bad. Right. Put up the most points through a f- team's first four games than any other team has in league history. Not even that. Just show that's, some that's just, heart. Like show just, some Yeah, heart. right, right, right. Show some integrity, for sure.
2: Subscribe to the Mike Tomlin Game Day Podcast. Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola talks with head coach Mike Tomlin about the upcoming game. New episodes drop every game day and they are available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts and never hear Mike Tomlin like you will on the Game Day Podcast with Bob Labriola. We're going to take a closer look at Tampa Bay, talk about how they've been doing to start their 2022 campaign not the same Tampa Bay team we've been used to for the past couple years, but certainly still a pretty formidable outfit. That's on the way next. He's Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman, and this is the Steeler Standard.
0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody.